podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is a View from the Bridge official podcast of the Belfast Giants for KingdomoftheGiants.com. Today's the 9th of January 2019. My name is Patrick Smith. What a weekend it was for the Belfast Giants coming off the back of the Christmas period to face the Sheffield Steelers at the SSE and what were two real battles on the ice there. And the fantastic NCAA that took place as well. We'll be going through all of that. We'll also be hearing from Curtis Leonard and some lad called Ryan Martinelli. No, new, probably new to the sport. Um, we got interviews from Adam Keith and Blair Riley. But first, let's. Um, well, there's only one way. I, we've got a, a fatal four way going on at the minute. We, we have all the lads here, so I'll just like to say Thanks very much for turning up! <laughs> Simon Kitchen, how are you? I'm all right. Patrick, how are you? <laughs> I'm very well. I've sort of like over the last couple of weeks, there have been quite a few little sound bites that have uh, that have cropped up. So I've, uh, I've spent a little time just picking out. Listen, mate, most of them are you. Let's be fair. Most of them are you. But we appreciate you coming in because <laughs> two weekends and 10 games to call. Uh, it's, uh, it's sort of given me a bit of a break from looking at the uh, Kazakhstan names and, and people from Belarus and, and Polish ones. I'm okay. Well, I've got those, but it's just trying to trying to get the, the the names and all right for this weekend. A lot of work to do, but you know you're going to be in there as well as is Davy. So um, looking forward to getting Jeff Mason back on. So uh, it's not just me, boys. It's not just me. Wait a minute. This is this is the first time. Well, I best, I best get uh, learning my Polish or whatever. Davy, how are you? I prefer the middle, mate. You know, as I say, as my granny would say. So. Uh, Looking forward to having we chat about last weekend's uh, on and off ice antics. Yeah, quite a bit to talk about. And Joel Neal, how are you, sir? Good evening, Patrick Smith. Yes, all good. Thank you. Uh, we missed you last week, but uh, the the brigadier did absolutely fantastic in your absence. Held it down. Held it. You know what? I listened back. I thought it was great, and I also made me think it's time to retire. You lads had a brilliant, <laughs> an absolutely brilliant show, and I really enjoyed it. I really appreciate what what was short notice. You guys stepping in and 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 going for it. It was a it was a great show to listen to. Before we get stuck in to the games of the weekend, I got one thing. If you're looking at our Twitter, you'll be well aware that on Saturday, we'll, well, we're all in town for the Continental Cup, so why not get together and have and a view from the bridge live? It'll be after the game on Saturday against Katowice, and it will be at McCool's now. It is going to be one that's in the middle of the tournament and not at the end of the tournament. So those who think you're going to be turning up to see what you saw the last time, think again. Might be a little bit more reserved. <laughs> there certainly will be a bit of swearing, or I'm sure there will be. It is an 18 or over event, but we're really looking forward to it. We'll, go, we'll talk about it more later in the show. But it is Saturday night in McCool's after the Giants game against Katowice, and that is a view from the bridge. Live, now, Davy, you weren't part of the last one. No, unfortunately, I wasn't able to travel that weekend. But um, always looking forward to a, a wee live show and getting the mic down into the audience there, getting a few questions, a bit of, bit of banter going each way. Actually, in about 
30 minutes before we came on to do this podcast, I had a text message from someone who saw the tweet, and they're the first guest. I'll leave them as nameless for now, but we have at least one guest booked for the stage uh, for um, a request to come on stage and a view from the bridge live on Saturday after the game. Let's get stuck into the games from last weekend, though, boys, because there's plenty to talk about, as Davey said, both on and off the ice, as I normally do when it comes to double headers like this. I'll run through all the statistics and then we'll go through the games. The Belfast Giants took on the Sheffield Steelers at the SSE Arena for the first time this season in Belfast. Of course, they split the weekend that took place in Sheffield at the start of December. However, this time, Jans took all four points. On Saturday, it was a 5-4 win for the Belfast Jans, despite the fact that Sheffield took a quick 2-0 two, so lead in the first period. John Armstrong and Anthony DeLuca, who's on a rich vein of scoring form for Sheffield Steelers, but uh, they fired them into a 2-0 lead. Blair Riley, with a fantastic finish and a fantastic celebration, let's be fair, was able to make it. It's a 2-1 game. We're playing great. Absolutely. Uh, and then Kyle Bond breaking what was a, quite a long scoring duck to make it 2-2 in the second period. Jordan Owens was able to fire the Sheffield Steelers back into the lead before that period ended at 3-2 to the Steelers. Into the third and the Giants came out all guns firing. David Rutherford made a 3-3. Blur Riley put it in off Ben O'Connor's skit into the back of the net to make it 4-3 to the Giants. However, the uh, the Sheffield Steelers came back at it with a penalty called on Kevin Rain for elbowing. Robert Dowd was able to put it into the back of the Belfast Giants net with a little over a minute to go to make it 4-4 and we hit overtime and in overtime well it was a very very entertaining overtime and if you have your if you have your headphones really loud I'd turn them down right now two on one opportunity backdoor play Jansford Blair Riley gets out Yeah, Patrick Dwyer scores the winning goal for the Belfast Giants, 5-4 to the Giants, and they took the first two points of the weekend in goal. Tyler Besker, Owani, 31 saves on 35 shots. Jackson Whistle, the other side, 42 saves on 47 shots. Your referees for the whole weekend were Blake Copeland and Chris Wells. And on to Sunday we go, and this, the result was not the same, the same margin, a 4-3 win for the Belfast Giants, this time in regulation. A hat-trick for Patrick Dwyer. First goal coming in the first period before into the third. Evan McGrath leveled things off. John Armstrong scored shorthanded to make it 2-1 to the Sheffield Steelers. But Dwyer, with two goals in the space of around 30 seconds of the game, made it 3-2 to the Giants. And then Darcy Murphy absolutely smokes by Ben O'Connor to make it 4-2. Once again on the power play in the final minute, the Sheffield Steelers are able to make it a bit more interesting with Jonas Westerling scoring around 45 seconds left to make it 4-3, but that is where it ended. Tyler Bresker-Owani, 37 saves on 40 shots. Matt Climey in nets for the Sheffield Steelers, this time 42 saves on 46 shots. And as I said, the referees were the same. 
Blick, Copeland and Chris Wells. We've heard from you already, Simon, but let's go straight to you in this. A weekend, a tough weekend of battles. And for the Giants to come from 2-0 down on that Saturday, starting with that game, showed real character to get back into him. Yeah, I, you know, I really enjoyed calling both games, Paddy, myself and Mace. Um, you know, we, we, we watched the whole six periods, and well, obviously the extra couple of minutes in OT on, on the Saturday night, and it was, it was two real battles out there. Two teams that, you know, you certainly wouldn't have them five, four or five places apart in the league. You know, there's quite a few points difference. You know, the Steelers, is, they've got a reasonable good team together. I think they're still missing a, a link or two, to be honest, to really push them, give them a chance to push up the league. Well, they're not to finish any higher than maybe fourth or uh, potentially third. I don't know about that. But um, overall, I thought the four points we got, we, we deserved. Um, although the, the start of the game on Saturday... After maybe the first or second shift for us, it needs to be a lot better. Um, I thought that we we the battles along the wall, especially in the first period on Saturday night, was was a real challenge. The boys, you know, I, I just thought they could have been a lot more um, positive going into the battles along the wall. Sheffield, you can see they wanted it more in the first period, uh, coming out two 0 and and even at two 0 down, I honestly wasn't panicking. I wasn't, you know, I still thought we were going to get back into it. Uh, we've shown character and uh, over the last few weeks, obviously that 2-0 down against, uh, sorry, 3-0 down against Glasgow a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago, um, you know, coming back to that, scoring five unanswered. And I thought our, our response after Blair Riley got that first goal, but what a pass from, from Patrick Dwyer um, to, to set him up at the back door and then, you know, going over there and, and looking at his reflection in the in the glass and some people <laughs> doing the bird at him and what have you. But I, I thought he was outstanding. I thought Blair Riley was brilliant on Saturday night. Um, uh, and then obviously, you know, you heard it there a few minutes ago, uh, OT winner. I'm not going to shrink in there. We ballot and, and not do much about it. I thought it was brilliant. Um, Jackson, I have no idea what he's doing there. None Crazy. whatsoever. I think that that goal falls solely on his plate. Um, it was great to get five goals past them. Uh, it was great to get the win. And uh, again, I thought we, we deserved the two points on Saturday night. But I, to be honest, I also think Sheffield deserved a point. I thought they played reasonably well um, because we allowed them to play well. But uh, we made it easy on, on Jackson. I felt we, we couldn't work them a lot harder uh, you know, early on. But, uh, Davy knows, you know, the the, the the stats and stuff for Jackson and, and what does is is uh is, is where to shoot the puck on and what have you. But we did not work him hard enough in the first yeah. two periods. Yeah. Um coming into the third, we made a move from side to side. You just seen him, you know, uh he was out of his depth and that's 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 being honest. So thought we just absolutely deserved the first two points Saturday night. David, come to you on that. You know, it is something we were saying on like when we were having a chat. We usually have chats during the game on WhatsApp and whatever. That is that we weren't, we felt we weren't moving Jackson Whistle from side to side quick enough. When that did happen, as Simon said, you know, it, the goals started to come a bit more and the chances seemed to be a bit more clean cut. Word for uh, Cal Bond, I think Simon mentioned in commentary 14 games without a goal and he finally gets one. He needed he needed a little spark, and I think it came on the power play. Um, the, the, Patrick Dwyer had an a, a exceptional weekend along with Josh Roach, and they moved that power play around so much, and, and I think it sheds drops it up to Roachy, who has the the one timer from the, the top of the circles, and, and and Bonnie and John are digging away there and, and get the goal. And it's just just what he needed to kick us on, and 
you know, it, it's hard to argue with, you know, well, I'm not going to even try to, with what Simon's saying there. I'm just looking back at our messages from during the game on Saturday night, and that's just what I'd say to use at that time. I think we're being out-battled, and I think that's what, you know, at the start of the game, Simon says, maybe a couple of minutes into the game, with a good few lead-off shifts in that game, and then I think we allowed the Steelers to kind of sort of out-battle us. We were hitting Jackson an awful lot, just banging the chest. We weren't moving him. We, we know... You know, we've had him for a year in, in, in Belfast. We've seen what he's been doing in the first sort of four or five months of the season or first four months of the season in Sheffield. You've got to move Jackson post to post to get goals past him. And when we started doing that, that's where all our goals came by moving him. That fifth goal, the, the overtime winner, it's just like a concentration thing. He, he has his post and he just lets it go. He just obviously doesn't think Riley can do much with the puck there. And he's, he's like, just lost concentration, right? He's obviously popped it into the blue paint and Paddy Dwyer slams it in the empty net. And I can't argue that, you know, that, that goal has to go down as a, a goaltending error mistake. But, you know, like we've, we've had 42 shots on target. It's enough to win that game. I think that, yeah, good enough value that it was a three point game. But I think it's, it's fair to say that we definitely deserve to come away with the extra point that night. I'd like to thank personally Ben O'Connor for adding to my <laughs> Ben O'Connor mistakes at the SSE Arena gift collection with uh, <laughs> not just, the, well, I'm not even going to say it was a mistake on Sunday. It was just Darcy Murphy just absolutely destroying him. But it was a mistake from him putting it in the back of the net for Blair Riley's second in the third period in, in, uh, on um, on Saturday. Joel, one thing I would say, Blair, come to Blair Riley's goals. Well, actually, first of all, Josh Roach, four, four assists, of, on Saturday night, as, as uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to pull you up there, Paddy. I've been on. doing the game sheets tonight, and it's, it's, it hasn't been changed. On the- still going through that process of about the official game sheets. Josh Roach has an assist on every goal on Saturday night. Goodness me, really? Five go- five assists on five goals. That's phenomenal. For me, yeah. Absolutely phenomenal. Well, there you go. We'll, we'll, be talk, we'll be talking to Curtis Leonard later in the show and, and bring up the fact that you know he's got that relationship with Rochi where he's able to play while Lenny minds the shop. But, um, Joel, come to you on, on Blair Riley and two of the flashpoints that took place in that game. Not only, is, as Sis said, him look, checking out his own reflection in the glass just happened to be in front <laughs> of the Sheffield Steelers, but also uh, a few pleasantries with um, going over to shake the hands of, of Tom Barrasso, who wasn't there. It just all in all, I mean, in terms of Blair Riley, the moments, those fleeting moments, those are the things that turn a player that's beloved here into a legend. It doesn't take much. You look back at the at the early days of the Giants, the the infamous clip of Todd Kelman grabbing his jersey and kissing the badge. You go back to Calvin Elfring fist pumping his way off the ice after having a fight against, I can't even remember. You look at Ed Courtney tossing sticks out onto the ice. Blair Riley is absolutely loving his hockey this year. When you speak to him, you can just tell he has the enthusiasm, he has the confidence. There's a fire in his belly to lead that team as far as they can possibly go and to be honest it's great to see uh you know in the in the preseason and in the early stages of the season there were obviously uh questions about riley's uh level of quality his his buy-in this year uh you know a lot of people didn't know the extent of what he was dealing with injury wise it was obviously kind of commonly known that he had shopped around a little bit in the off season he was working on the hockey agency side of things he was a little bit of an unknown and there were mumblings of discontent to see how he's turned that around and become an absolute anchor on that ice to me it's adam keith's influence as well as his own heart and it's absolutely phenomenal 
phenomenal to see. You know, whenever whenever it was a Jim Vandermeer scored the Teddy Toss goal, Riley skating up the middle of the ice, you know, waving the hands to get the, the Bears to come down. He absolutely loves those little moments where he can just get one up, you know, on, on the team. And that was really the story of the night. You know, the atmosphere in the SSE arena was thunderous. I was sitting up in, in, uh, in the, the wee sort of press box beside where Sis and stuff were working, typing up the game report. So I'm that sort of level removed from the action. And to be able to sit objectively and listen to the, the natural swell of the crowd whenever there's a turnover, whenever somebody has a big chance, every single arse in those seats were bought into what was going on in that game. And it's it's not hard to see why. It was an absolute thriller. It's the kind of game that you wish you could bring newcomers to. You know, people that go, what do you like hockey for? Who cares? Sure, it's just all free pizza and, and fake fights. If you could tear those people into the arena and just say, sit and watch that, my goodness, they'd be a fan for life. Um, for people that were around a lot longer, it wasn't enjoyable. My heart was in my throat for the entire game. But my God, um, and, and one other thing that, that we didn't mention there, you know, it's it's a uh, we've talked about this before, but it's the the story around games. It's the narrative that sells people and buys them in. And to start that game with Colin Shields walking out onto the ice to mm-hmm. accept uh, a presentation frame on a on his five hundred and eighty fifth game from the great Graham Walton, you know, the the, the Don, Don Donald kid done good, you know, ten year career with the Belfast Giants, and to have that finally surpassed. If there was anybody who was ever going to take that, it was going to be Colin Shields, and and it was just a beautiful moment that really set the tone on a really passionate, emotional night. Just a, a phenomenal night at the arena. I'm still trying to get over it. A fantastic moment of history, that as well, at the start of the game, as you say, having Graham Walden come out and, and help in that presentation. On the Sunday, Davey, I'll come to you in this. We, we've talked about Blair Riley, the leadership there, and, and, and what he's shown. Patrick Dwyer, that, as much as that Darcy Murphy goal took headlines for, I think it's honestly, I think it's one of the goals of the season, but Patrick Dwyer, was the guy who more or less took this for the Belfast Giants, put it on his shoulders and, and led us to victory. Yeah, right across the weekend, I think he was exceptional. Sunday, as you say, to bring that leadership in terms of actually putting the puck between the posts and that one where he, he puts Kaimi on the ice and, and skates around him, shows Beautiful. the patience and then, and then can you know backhand it just over the prone goalie to, to score the goal. And the, the excitement level of, a, of an NHL veteran coming here and you see the excitement of Blair Riley's goal, the excitement with his own goals, you know, he's bought in big time into what, what we're trying to do here and he's a massive, massive part. We missed him badly through that little period when he when he wasn't going and, and you know, mixed up lines up there at the weekend, you know, he come in for, for Rudy on the line with uh, Riley and, and um, Murphy and uh, they, they didn't miss a beat, you know, it, it just, just took off as Blair Riley says in his interview there earlier or later in the show, depending where you put it in, buddy. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Dwyer and, and Rudy play a, a similar kind of high-skilled game and he was able to just slot into that line and, and just keep it firing. But I, I just thought on Sunday, you know, it, the, the Steelers, I, th- I I personally thought for about 15 minutes of that game, we were well in control. There was about 10 minutes I thought that, we lost uh, ourselves a little bit in terms of getting away from the processes that we that we had been going through, and they they pushed back to be fair. And they're a strong team, and if you give them a foothold in the game, they're going to be able to come in and, and come strong. And and they did. And and at that time, Besco had to you know stand up and make a lot of big saves for us through the game. And that's a sign of a good goaltender as well when he doesn't have that much to do that he can he can come up with really key and important saves. But um, you know. Dwyer, Malamat performance, hat trick, first for the Giants and 
you know, to come away with the two points without giving them a point on Sunday, I think was pretty important. Yes, they'll look to climb the ladder of the league as the league goes on. But, you know, for me, I think they're, it's coming to, to the point where, you know, our, ourselves and Cardiff have a little bit of a gap there now. And we're obviously going to play them a couple of weekends. We're going to juke it out with each other, I would say, for the rest of the season. It's interesting you bring it up, says the, the, the fact that we spoke about the uh, Riley. Rutherford Murphy line and how phenomenal it's been for us and Kiefer does decide to chop and change a little bit and puts Dwyer in there but Dwyer overall the standard of the player he can fit in anywhere of course he can I mean it's unbelievable uh, I mean David just touched on there about the uh, the hat trick goal skating away from the net mm-hmm. the goaltender's taken away the majority of the bottom of the ice uh, backhand shot and they're really tight angle it's not easy it really isn't easy, and the score that to go three two ahead. Uh, but I mean, the, the, if you look at the, if you watch the play itself, Jonner gets the lovely pass out to him, and he, from a from a Sheffield Steelers coach's perspective, he got Lynette far too easily, and for him to go through the top of the blue paint without anybody, you know, getting a stick on him, the coach must have been absolutely ripping. No wonder he walked out. Um, but uh, to come across there, score that goal. Uh, put the chance ahead again, three two, and and uh, you know push on from there. But Darcy Murphy scoring the you know the, the, the brilliant effort uh, for the for the fourth, and then obviously game winning goal, totally outworked Ben O'Connor. Uh, I've seen a few Sheffield Steelers fans whinging about the holding the stick and and this what a lot of nonsense. Like, total total outwork. You watch Darcy's feet; he never stops moving. His thirtieth goal of the season spins. Um, absolutely, they pivots. I mean, they, yeah, it's just unbelievable. It, it was a brilliant goal, um, and I know these only. But Davey talks about these polls that are put up about the best goal of the week. Say that's not the best goal of the week on these stupid polls. You need to wrap them up. Uh, but uh, Murphy totally outworked them. I thought our, on Sunday, especially uh, Davey talked about their fifty minutes. You know, absolutely agree with him. I thought their puck management on Sunday was a lot better than what it was on Saturday. I thought we we battled harder. Look at the last 40 seconds. Down in the corners, Josh Roach, Kevin Rain, keeping the puck in. Three three and four Steelers players. They've got the extra guy on trying to push for that goal. They're down trying to get the puck off him. He's got it on his foot. And he's, they're, both of them are battling hard. That's what wins the games. That's exactly what wins the games. Rainer, Roach, right at the end of that match, you couldn't, you couldn't do anything better than that um, after, you know, taking into consideration. That's Two and two, big, big battles all weekend, and they're still doing that. Absolutely outstanding. Big crowd come over from Sheffield. Uh, Joel, you, know, you spoke about the atmosphere in the arena. and They weren't, ha- they weren't too happy at the, uh, at the Blair-Riley incident, but so what? Uh, but it did add <laughs> to the whole atmosphere in the arena. The atmosphere in the arena was, was phenomenal. Um, you know, what, what carried on after the doubleheader weekend, if I'm allowed to, to maybe take a run for a second, uh, you know, it, it took to Twitter. I think it was still going on Twitter today. You know, the, 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 the EIHL bingo card of, of uh, atmosphere, blah, blah, blah. AVFTB got a bit. Sis got a bit. Giants TV got a bit. 
listen, see when I see fans of other clubs loading Twitter with those sort of tabloid takes, whenever I see them, you know, they're, they're raging, rattling with rage because their team's been overturned and they've no choice but to, to turn to those things. I'm happy. You know, it's it's Tuesday right now. This goes out on Wednesday and fans are still bleating, spending hours trying to one-up each other for likes on the internet. You know, it means the team are doing their job. It means the, it means the Belfast Giants are winning. When your team wins, enjoy it. When they don't, get mad you know it's okay to be raging but at the very core of it all don't pretend it's to do with anything other than the Belfast Giants mowing you down twice this weekend and and on to the you know the other the other side of things you know there, there are wonderful people throughout this league who, who I'm proud to call friends you know uh, from, from other teams as long as hockey doesn't come into it um, but in a purely hockey sense see if you're not Teal I don't care if you like me or not I don't care about being your friend. I don't care if you like my club. I don't want to go and have a pint with you at playoffs. I don't want to wear your stupid jersey for a laugh on social media. I don't care what I if you like what I'm saying on this podcast. The only thing I care about is the Giants hammering every single other team in the UK and Europe. And sometimes you will, sometimes you won't do it. But if our collective media output, A View from the Bridge, Giants TV, whatever else, is engaging the fan base of the Belfast Giants, if it provides them with the peek behind the curtain, tells them the story of the club, makes them laugh, then we're doing our job too. And last thing, sorry, but in terms of the biased commentary argument, come on. Club-centric broadcasting is, is such a long-established, normal, widespread part of American sports. I mean, during the summer, I sit down and turn on Nesson to listen to Dave O'Brien shout his guts out when the Red Sox ding one out of the park and conceal their hatred when the New York Yankees come to town. And then when my Red Sox go to the Bronx, I'll tune into YES and I'll grit my teeth and I'll hope to God we win. And I'll think about how much I hate Patrick Smith. And, you know, Giants TV is... (laughs) Belfast Giants TV is... Don't get this wrong. Network television quality production, except if you're buying it, that you're the road team, except that this is minor league hockey in the UK and that you're buying a webcast ran by passionate club people and it wouldn't exist without passionate club people. Bottom line, if you switch off a Giants TV broadcast and you're angry, Giants TV hasn't let you down. Your team has let you down. Can't disagree with that. And it also gives us some absolutely fantastic sound bites that I can use all the time. <laughs> I just, I, 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 uh, Look at the shot coming in. Darcy Murphy, 5 3 Giants. Thanks very much for turning up. Loads of it. Loads of it says you have come in for a bit of a great. Well, well, actually, what I'm going to tell you, you say about your know, people battling each other out for likes on the internet. Let me give you a quick stat. 659 likes, 152 retweets, and over 30,500 views have gone on to that Tom Barrasso interview that took place at the end of <laughs> Sunday's game. And in the last five minutes, we've received the view from the last five minutes. It's what? It's 20 past 10 on Tuesday night. In the last five minutes, we received two tweets at the view from the bridge. Just continuing from a Sheffield Steelers fan, just continuing this, just can't let it go. Says you're the man in the middle of all of this. I thought it was brilliant. Like, I know that there's people out there who are despising it. I know there's people. Um, I did it for a bit of crack. Um, you know, it's it, it sort of stemmed off, obviously, with Tom Barrasso not uh, being available or turning up for the interview. Right, so that that's just get that straight first of all. Um, he has an obligation set out by the IHL to do an interview. He did it the night before. 
I, I, and if you look back at your the WhatsApp guys, I, I said lovely guy, you know, you know, questions, nice fella, and I and that's what I said, nice, nice enough guy. I, I have no issue. He doesn't want to turn up. That's not really nothing to do with us. We went and performed what we do every single game. It's either myself or Brooks. We'll go to the away dressing room. We'll last for the coaching staff. And that's what we did. Um, and, and he wasn't available. So that, that's that's fair enough. I've seen a lot of people uh, ranting and raving, whether it's, it's Steelers fans or whether it's uh, Glasgow Clan fans. I've seen getting involved. I've seen Cardiff Devils fans, Belfast Giants fans, all saying that he's a bad sport for not shaking hands. I have absolutely no issue. I'm not shaking hands. None whatsoever. I hated every single player that I played against. Every one of them. I didn't want to shake their hand after a game of getting, whether you're getting beat or you're winning. I didn't want to shake their hand. Playoff series, five, six, seven games. I never played a seven-game playoff series because over here, I think the maximum playoff is probably had some sort of law put under there's only two games. But if there's if there's a playoff series or even... Uh, you know, even it's three games and you're knocking the bag at each other for those three games and you're put out, by all means, let's line up and shake hands. You've had a tough week. That's absolutely fine. No issue with that. Tom Brasso has, has every right just to walk off and not shake anybody's hand after getting beat. He's every right to, to walk off and not shake anybody's hand after winning. Who cares? It doesn't matter. Honestly, you have no issue with what that's why we're doing that. Let's get back to the interview. It was, look, it was a bit of tongue-in-cheek, a bit of crack. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a few people's taken it a bit thick and, and started saying, uh, oh, it's just absolutely, uh, you know, disrespectful and um, and uh, and having a go at, you know, at the Steelers and having a go at, at, at Tom Brasso. That wasn't the case. I'd have done the same thing if it had been Pasha who didn't turn up for an interview, if it had been um, somebody from MK, somebody from Cardiff Devils. I'd have done exactly the same thing. It was a bit of fun. Um, and if you, you know what, if you didn't like it, then that's just the way it goes. But how many retweets did I have, Paddy? It's 151, but it's over six, six and a half, oh, sorry, 650 likes, and it's been viewed 30 and a half thousand times so far. What I will and, say, uh, says it comes off, also comes off the back of the fact that Tom Brasso didn't show for an interview during the week at, um, against Manchester. He has developed a bit of a, Reputation for this sort of thing. What the one the, the one comment that was coming back from Lexus Sheffield Steelers fans that made me laugh every single time was the fact you know oh if Simsy or if the Sheffield fans it's, if Sheffield did this you'd be up in uproar. Not really because you're trying to def- deny the fact that if it had been Rich Shernamaz and we'd done that, are the Sheffield Steelers fans going to be the bastions of all morals then? Or are they going to laugh at it like everybody else laughed at it? I think they're going to laugh at it like everybody else laughed at it. And to go back under what Joe had said, it's not the case that the, 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 what, what was done there, what was very, very funny in the interview that was done, it's nothing to do with what the interview, it's to do with the fact that your team let you down and you were angry. If the team had won, Tom Brasso would have turned up for the interview. The team didn't win. He didn't show up for the interview. And we were able to do that. And that's just the way things are. Anyway, you like can... Again, I, you know, shaking hands. Actually, I wouldn't say feel sorry from... That's not the, the right way of looking at it. You know, I can never say Adam Keith either Adam Keith not turn up for an interview or Rob Stewart not turn up for an interview. That, that would Correct. not happen. Adam will stand up and... and, and uh, and take it in the chin. Tom Brasso's played at the highest level. The guy's won a Stanley Cup. Um, you know, if, if he feels that he didn't want to do the interview, again, I went home. I came home here after calling the two games on Saturday and the two games on Sunday, completely knackered. I came in through the door, went up the stairs. I've got this thing at the top of my bed called a pillow. Put my head onto it and I'm asleep. 
And, you know, I didn't lose any sleep over it. I had a bit of crack. I, I, I woke up um, the next morning. I had a um, a text from a GM um, and a text from a um, a coach um, within the elite league, and they thought it was quite funny. So um, it is what it is. Uh, I thought it was hilarious. Um, do you know- I did not... I did not, absolutely not, mean any disrespect to the Sheffield Steelers. Look, everybody knows I don't like the Steelers, but I didn't mean any disrespect to the Steelers, and I didn't mean any disrespect to Tom Barrasso, who, is, as I say, is playing at the highest level, and I'm just a you know a guy who's put her in long asking questions for Belfast Chance TV. Mate, I know- jump in just Sorry, on John. the back, Paddy, before you go there. I've I seen some stuff on social media this week, which makes me scratch my 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 head, you know, and about us being poisonous and how disrespectful and we've attacked on Barrasso. I'd like somebody to go back through the podcast since Todd Barrasso came in this league and I would say nothing you'll find nothing but respect and positives for a guy who has played at the highest level and we respect that completely and yeah, we have our battles with the Sheffield Steelers and it's our job to agitate and to, to say things that the fans want to say because at the end of the day, that's what we are and you know, Tom Parasso has came in and he's helped turn the Sheffield Steelers season around a little bit. He's obviously putting systems in place there to try and make them a better club. But, you know, he's got obligations that just like we have and, and, and other clubs have around the league to do things that the league sanction you to do. He was wrong not to have... Well, if Tom Barrasso doesn't want to do the interview, absolutely no problem. Put somebody else from the Sheffield Steelers up. You know, the, the whole club was asked. It wasn't that it was just Tom Barrasso and we went home, you know. So, and this, you know, there has to be a disconnect as well. Yes, AVFTV tweeted the video. The podcasts were nothing to do and don't have anything to do with post-match media that goes to the league. It happens to be that Simon obviously is a, has a foot in both camps. But, you know, I, I've seen things... Uh, Obviously, I'm not a member of the hockey forum, but I've seen things screenshot and sent to me this week. And it disappoints me because at the end of the day, we're just trying to make a little product here, mostly for Belfast Giants fans. If fans of other teams want to tune in, hi, you're very welcome. But, you know, at the end of the day, Belfast Giants fans, making a product for Belfast Giants fans, doing our best here, not trying to pay anybody off, just having a bit of a laugh. Here, here. We'll wrap it up there, boys. Um, the highlights of both games are available on kingdomofthegiants.com from Belfast Giants TV alongside all the post-game interviews from SoundCloud and all the game reports and some brilliant photos from William Cherry. You can get them at kingdomofthegiants.com. Some great reports from, from Joel as well and post-game and whatever. And if you've gone to at AVFTV. If, you haven't, if you're one of the few people that haven't seen the post-game Sunday uh, interview with Tom Brasso, go to at AVFTV on Twitter and you'll find it there. Having now spoken about the two games against the Sheffield Steelers, let's talk to a Sheffield Steeler. Right, well, off the back of the discussion of those two games, we're going to be joined by a man who, with his goal on Sunday night, was his fifth goal for the Belfast Giants and 36 assists puts him 89th in the all-time scoring for the Belfast Giants. Unfortunately for him, that goal was in the back of his own net past McClymey. We're delighted to be joined by the reigning Kingdom of the Giants' most valuable player and Sheffield Steelers defenseman, Ryan Martinelli. How are you, mate? <laughs> Thanks for the uh, introduction there. Well, listen, I've got the stats. You know that uh, I, I'm sure that goal still. David, does that goal still count? Uh, I've got my spreadsheets up here, but I think I'll I'll save Marty's uh, <laughs> career and uh, and uh, just leave him at the forty points with the Giants. Okay. 
Your reflection of the weekend, please, Marty. What did you think? You guys went in. You had you had the lead twice in two games, and unfortunately, uh, unfortunately for you guys, weren't able to see it through. Yeah, I mean, two two really hard fought games. Um, I mean, two really good hockey teams playing some really good hockey. Um, like you said, we had the lead twice, and um, we're only able to come come away with one one point on the weekend. So it was definitely disappointing for us, but. Um, I know the fans got to see some good hockey and, um, yeah, no, it was, it's, it was, a, it was a tough, it was a tough one for us for sure, but that's hockey. Marty, obviously second, uh, double header with Jans, two games in Sheffield and, and two games in Belfast. And you spent those four games pretty much crushing, um, David Rutherford at every opportunity. Is that something you really enjoy doing? Um, it's. It's definitely not something I don't enjoy doing. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know if I have a special affection for doing it to just him. Um, I'm pretty impartial to uh, playing physical physical against whomever um, I'm matching up against. But uh, it's definitely fun to to give Rudy a couple extra shots because I know he's a he's the kind of player who likes to embellish every once in a while for sure. So Ooh. it's fun. Uh, Marty, it's Joel here. Now let's let's just cut. Uh, you broke teal hearts whenever you, you made the move across to Yorkshire uh, to, to join the Sheffield Steelers. And, and I'm sure you've noticed the, the Belfast Giants fans have, uh, have maybe voiced their displeasure a little bit at, at moving to your rival. Um, I don't know if that's maybe something that's part of the UK culture, British hockey culture. I don't know if it maybe comes a little from the fact that um, football culture, soccer culture is so ingrained here. Um, I, I was just, I was wondering, have you ever been involved in a trade or a move to a team that has involved a little bit of like fan discontent what's your kind of take on it do you understand it um personally i've never actually been involved in something like like that before myself besides obviously um this past summer um but i've been around um when other guys have done similar things or made moves and things of that nature um so i've definitely experienced it before but never never personally and what do you make of it you know is is it something that just comes with the territory as a professional athlete there's obviously the separation between fans and players you know um guys come fans come to the rink on a night and they just see a guy in his gear they don't see the human they don't see the the sort of the background reasons behind it or, or the sort of logistics of the move is it something that you're able to take in stride as a pro yeah no i mean it's definitely part of the business um it happens in every in every type of business um but for me with the fans booing and and showing their displeasure um i mean i guess that to me that just kind of makes me feel like that when i was there that i was valued and they did care and the move the move wasn't out of disrespect to the the country the fans the team or anything like that it was just one that i felt i needed to make to better my situation and to better my my family situation so yeah, uh, and, and sort of uh, one last one, and this is something that, that Pat Smith pointed out to me. We were over in for the doubleheader, which was another really tight, close-fought weekend. Um, really physical game from yourself. It was the, it was the Marty we were used to in Teal. Um, after you guys had beaten us on the second day of the doubleheader, um, it looked after the game like Rob Dowd told you to kiss the Steelers badge to the Giants who were giving you grief. Now, I think you would have had every right to do that. It would have been hilarious. Were you tempted? <laughs> no, he didn't say that either. Um, and no, I wasn't tempted. Um, 
that's not really something I would do. That's not kind of the, that's not the, the player I am. I wouldn't try to try to do something like that. I mean, the fans were great when you guys came over to Belfast. I think you guys were possibly louder than the Sheffield fans. Um, and then I felt the same way this past weekend. I thought the Sheffield fans were, were awesome. They were loud. They were equally as loud maybe as the, the rest of the Giants fans at the SSC this weekend. And I mean, it's just, it's just a really great atmosphere that you guys put together for, for a couple of really good hockey games and a couple of really good weekends that we've had with the double headers. Marty, it's uh, kitschy. You, I mean, I, I would say talk to you after the game on Saturday night, um, and you, there's a, there's a lot of people in that area where the the, uh, the players, uh, family, and friends meet now, um, and you're getting a lot of attention. You know, you're very very well thought of in Belfast, and being booed, I absolutely agree with you. Being booed at the weekend, I think that's more of a um, showing that you are a threat as a player coming in uh, as an away team. Um, and the fans really do appreciate uh, what you did for Belfast when you were here. But the likes of we Blake, um, I've seen the photographs of you and, and Ben O'Connor and uh, um, Robbie Dowd stuff as well. So the likes of we Blake and, and all those kids as well. There's a lot of the the, the Belfast Giants <sighs> fan base as well as the Sheffield uh, uh, charity guys that, that they put together. How important is that um, as a player to get involved in? Oh, I mean, it's 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 a special. It's always special um, when you're able to help out um, people in need and um, situations like that. Um, and just to kind of put smiles on on young kids' faces, whether it's guys doing the deliveries for the 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 toys for the teddy bear toss type, uh, at the at the children's hospitals, or seeing Blake um, out of the hospital in his new chair and stuff after the game on the weekend. Um, it's always great. It puts a smile on our faces just as much as it does theirs, and um, it's just it's just a great feeling, and it's and it's an important aspect of the game, giving back to the community for sure. Back back to hockey. Your move to Sheffield, um, starting the season, you're a different coach brought you in. Obviously, they wanted to sign you, and Pete and Paul Thompson, uh, he's moved on to the DEL, and you've had Tom Barrasso come in. Um, has there been a big a, a big change in coaching uh, methods or? Uh, with regards to system since uh, Tom's come in, or and obviously with the, the slow start of the season, that wasn't expected for a big budget team like Sheffield. Yeah, no, there was definitely um, some pretty big changes that uh, Tom um, brought in with the departure of Tomo. Um, I, I would say it's probably more systematic type stuff, and the way he wants us to play um, is the biggest kind of thing that that he's been implementing or trying to instill in us since, since his arrival. Um, but yeah, it, it was definitely not the start we wanted, um, but there's still a lot of hockey left to play this season. I think we have 27, 28 games left or something along those lines. And I mean, hopefully we can go on some kind of a bit of a run here and, and, and make a push. How difficult is that sort of an upheaval, Marty? Because obviously, you know, you see you're you're brought in by that coach. He's the guy who's put his faith in you. You have another coach coming in and he's coming in with fresh eyes. And there have been movements. You've brought some guys in. You've let some guys go. Is that difficult from a personal point of view? Because you're there, obviously, to try to do your job to the best of your ability. But because it's a new guy coming in, because Tom Barrasso is so experienced in, in what he does and he's making changes, is there any worry in you that you know maybe you might be the guy out the door? Um, I mean, definitely with the start we had, there was probably a lot of worry in that dressing room, to be fair. But 
Um, for myself, I know that the only thing I can control is is my play and my and my my effort. And I knew that I just if I came to the rink every day and and I put it all on, put it all out there and and played to the best of my ability, I I thought that I would be I would be fine. So I was definitely definitely concerned to a certain extent, but I knew that in the end it was in my own hands. Marty, let's sort of wrap things up with a, a quick look back at, at your time in, in, in Belfast. You obviously have had a, a little bit of success everywhere you've went. You know, you've won the Memorial Cup. You, you won, you know, a championship with Fishtown. And, and then last season, of course, bringing the, the Challenge Cup back to Belfast. Is, you know, was that one of your career highlights, lifting that trophy last year down in Wales, having to beat, you know, uh, the, the reigning champions on their own ice? Yeah, I mean, anytime, anytime you're able to win, uh, to win a trophy and, and to lift championship and to celebrate with guys that you've been going to war with for the past 12 to 18 months or whatever it was at that point. Um, it's always an unbelievable feeling and something that, um, that you're never, that you're never going to forget. It doesn't really matter whether it's in Germany or in Belfast or wherever it is, anytime you're able to, to put a banner up in the rafters and, and to have that type of experience with what you would consider your family members, um, your teammates. Um, it's definitely something that you'll always remember. Did you have a glimpse up at that banner when you lined up on Saturday? <laughs> I definitely, um, I definitely saw it there. Yeah, for sure. It was hard to miss. And what are your, what are, just give us a little bit, what were your real main recollections of that game, of that final? Um, to be honest, I remember that first period coming into the dressing room after that first period. I, to, to be fair, I can't even remember what the score was, but I remember how tired I was and how exhausted I was because it was just an absolute war. Um, I remember that whole game was just an absolute battle. Um, and we had some guys step up with some huge goals. And um, I mean, Toy with, I believe was the game winner and Jackson played an amazing game. And it was just, uh, just an unbelievable feeling. And yeah, just one of those ones that it's really tough to describe when, when you win something like that. And I know maybe some fans or some teams or whatever consider, the Challenge Cup, the lesser of the three trophies or whatever within this league. But, I mean, anytime you're able to win any trophy at any level, it's always a special moment. Marty, we had a quick chat with uh, Mark Garside last week, and uh, he was saying he was looking forward to nailing you at the weekend. Um, when you went into the zone, and I think it was the Sunday, he gave you a bit of rub, rub up against the board. Was he just uh, was he was he hard enough on you, or just like we swat him away? <laughs> no, to be fair, he, he gave me a nice uh, he gave me a nice shoulder. He must be doing his uh, his prehab exercises all the time. Yeah, he, he, uh, he, he laid me out pretty good. He laid me out pretty good. It was, <laughs> it was pretty powerful. I, I had a good chuckle afterwards. That's for sure. And of course, it was, it's not that long ago you actually uh, picked up your degree and you, you finished your school at the University of Ulster. That had a good day. Yeah, no, it was amazing. I mean, my parents were able to come all over from Canada for for it. Um, my my partner Jen was able to come over from Sheffield. Um, it was awesome um, being able to walk across the stage and be called a, a master and get my my MBA degree with with distinction was definitely something I'll never forget. And it was an unbelievable experience. And I can't thank um, the Ulster Business School enough. 
I think we'll wrap it up there. Thanks for joining us, Marty. It's been a great sport coming in and joining us. I think the lads are absolutely right with regards to the fact that you know you were well respected with the Belfast Giants. You were a great player for us, and, uh, and hence why you won the the KOTG MVP and you're the the reigning MVP, I guess, at this stage. We do wish you well as a player, if we, even if we don't wish the Sheffield Steelers well. Well, thanks. I appreciate having, you guys having me on. Um, you guys are always great. And uh, you guys do a great job, so. This is Colin Shields from the Belfast Giants, and you're listening to View from the Bridge, the best podcast in the elite ice hockey league. Thanks very much to Marty. Top sport for coming on and doing that. Uh, let's do a bit of a let's do a bit of a word from our sponsors. Don't worry, Joel. I like beer. Don't worry about it. Um, if you like beer, like Joel likes beer, like I like beer, the other guys don't <laughs> like beer, you can get your beer from beer52.com, the UK's number one subscription beer service. They will bring you eight or ten fine selections of beer and various different themes, and you can get them at beer52.com forward slash AVFTB. And, of course, if you get them and you get that first box is on us, it is free beer. Uh, if, if you go via Beer 52, that's B-E-E. But, oh, I can't even spell because I've had beer from Beer 50. No, I'm um, <laughs> B-E-E-R-5-2.com forward slash A-V-F-T-B. And thanks to Beer 52 for the support and to all you guys that are for supporting them and therefore supporting us interviews times mr simon kitchen has been down to training first up we'll hear from blair riley and then we'll hear from adam keith blair riley after practice on tuesday morning uh that looked like uh, a bit of fun out there today um i know it's obviously uh, serious every day but everybody seemed to be uh upbeat and obviously picking up the four points the weekend would help that was nice we had a good uh, day off yesterday away from the rink so um you know guys are feeling good after the weekend and you know, really excited about uh, the Continental Cup this weekend. Kind of get to, to switch things off from from the league play, which which can be a grind at times. And uh, we played a lot of games here, so um, you know we look forward to this opportunity. And, and we want to have a good week of practice here, so we got a couple more days to prepare, and we look forward to the weekend. Three games uh, in three days uh, with three wins, you, you pick up uh, a very very important trophy. It's not going to be easy uh, up against competition from uh, from three pretty good nations and. And uh, you must be looking forward to it as well. Yeah, I mean, it's nice to see some different uh, competition and kind of see where we stack up. Uh, and we want to take this opportunity to represent the league here as well. Um, Nottingham won the trophy a couple of years ago, so we, we feel like that's a, a chance for us to, to help establish this league and, and continue building that footprint throughout Europe for, for the Belfast Giants and for the EIHL. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a fun uh, fun three games and, um, and what an opportunity to be able to host it here in, in front of our home fans and, uh, you know, give them an opportunity to see some different teams and, and put on a good show for them. Chris Higgins uh, back potentially in the lineup this weekend. How's he looking out there? Yeah, he looked good today. That's the first time I saw him out there. Um, he truthfully, doesn't look like he, he's missed a beat. Um, I guess it'll come down to how he feels condition-wise because that's kind of the, the real test. You, you don't really know until you get into a game and, and see how you feel, especially this time of year. We've all been going for you know four or five months now, so we're all kind of in mid-season form, but um, you know, I'm confident the way he way Hickey plays and, and the shape that he that he stays in just naturally he'll be uh, he'll be just fine and you know it might take him a game or two or you know or even a period but you know he's he's got the talent that, that he's going to find it and uh, he's going to be a big help for us here in the second half 
I'll take you back to the weekend against Sheffield. Uh, four points, two very important victories, uh, two really tough games um, against the, the Steelers themselves. Uh, you were switched around uh, lines after the first period day on the Saturday. You found some, find some real quick chemistry with uh, Patrick Dwyer and obviously you've been playing all the season again with uh, Darcy Murphy. Yeah, um, really Rudy and, and Patty play a similar style. They're both uh, highly skilled uh, offensive players. So for myself, Murph, it was really more of the same. Like we were just trying to, kind of trying to read off him and uh, look for some open ice in the offensive zone when Patty's got the puck on his stick. And um, you know we, we connected on a few, and uh, that's kind of the the bonus of having a, a healthy lineup and, and getting some bodies back. Is uh, Kiefer's got some options here up front that he can he can kind of turn to different line combinations if, if things become stale or or he sees things aren't aren't maybe working or if we run into injuries. So um, you know having. Having a, a healthy lineup and, and having quality forwards to mix and match, it's going to be a plus for us. It's hard to defend for the other teams going forward. Your first goal on Saturday night, uh, you turned to uh, celebrate uh, against the glass. Obviously, the reflection you were celebrating with yourself. You must have, you seemed to enjoy that one. <laughs> yeah, it was obviously a spur of the moment, nothing planned. But um, you know the the away fans for Sheffield were loud and it was very similar to the atmosphere that we had in, in their arena when our fans came over for the doubleheader there and uh, it's been a great rivalry the last three seasons that I've played here and obviously it goes back further than that um, you know so we've, we've enjoyed the games obviously this season all of them have been tightly contested and uh, hard fought games it always seems to go up a little bit level in intensity uh, on the ice on social media and in, in the crowd and I mean those are fun games to play and uh, they're exciting ones. It feels like a playoff atmosphere, and um, when you have a rivalry like that, it's obviously that much more enjoyable to come out on top, especially for how important the points were for us. Adam, uh, a weekend, four points against the Sheffield Steelers, two real tough battles um, against the uh, men from Yorkshire, but uh, coming out on top and uh, pushing forward, uh, obviously to start doing a stretch. Yeah, we absolutely knew that uh, it was going to be a tough weekend. Um, it was a tough weekend in Sheffield as well for us. Um, they, you know, they play extremely hard both ways. Um, so we knew that we were going to have to be at our. We have to be good to, to beat them and, and come away with four points. So, yeah, we're certainly happy with uh, the effort on the weekend, and it's good to, to get kind of uh, feeling good about our game going into this weekend. You've uh, obviously you had Hunter Bishop back at the weekend. You're looking forward to getting Chris Higgins uh, potentially available this weekend. Um, and a full squad to, to choose from bar um, give him Jelena Continental Cup three games in three nights starting with uh, uh, the Belarus side Gomel on Thursday you, you've never seen these guys before how hard is it to prepare um, to, to face a team um, obviously in the, the, the Continental Cup of that calibre oh, it's difficult because we've never seen them before so there's that element of surprise try to eliminate it as best we can with some video and um, some background on their players um, careers and whatnot so the players uh, understand what they're up against uh, but ultimately uh, you have to worry about your own game and I'm pretty confident if we come out with our best effort and our best uh, execution it will be alright um, against any team in this tournament so um that's, that's really the main message is worry about our own game because obviously there is the, the factor of the unknown with um, the Belarus side and the Kazakh side. We know what we're up against with the Polish side. A uh, very good team, good puck-moving team that skates well. So uh, we'll have to be good against them as well. But 
as of right now, our full focus is on the Belarus side. Taking a break from Elite League action in a pretty good spot. You're sitting um, one point behind the Cardiff Devils. Uh, they, they'll obviously pick that game up that they have in hand against us this weekend. But is it nice to have the distraction? Uh, I, I guess it's never nice to have a distraction from the league um, because it does take effort. But um, certainly at this moment, I mean, look, any trophy that's up for grabs, we want it. And uh, this is the first of of the four available for us and and um, we we want to take it so uh, I think the guys was a little bit of excitement you could feel that in practice today we had a real good practice with uh, uh, I guess the mood was great and you can kind of feel that excitement growing and I hope that it continues to grow over the weekend and then we peak on the weekend Time for the fan agenda brought to you by our good friends at Belfast Giants TV this week we're joined by a defenseman I don't want to say he's flown under the radar a little bit. He's been doing his job pretty solidly. And that is uh, Curtis Leonard. How are you, mate? Pretty good. How are you guys doing tonight? All good, mate. All good. I guess that's sometimes the job of the D-man. You know, you're at the back sometimes, you know, it's not... That's. I don't want to say it. it sounds really bad. It's not the most glamorous job in the world. But if you're doing your job well, sometimes you just fade into the background. Yeah, I mean, um, sometimes uh, if you're not an offensive defenseman and you're not as flashy of a player, if you're... Uh, if you're not being noticed and uh, you're doing little things right on the ice, you kind of you fly under the radar. But it's uh, but it's it's a good thing. The uh, how have you found it so far? It was a tough weekend against the Sheffield Steelers, sir, but ultimately four points in the back. Yeah, it was a it was a good weekend there. Uh, they have a really good squad. I think their um, their record doesn't reflect how good a team they are. They they play with a lot of pace and speed, and um, I think that they're one of the best teams we played. But at the end of the day, we uh, we came out with four points and. And bared down. Uh, they were close games and, and they were competitive, but um, those games are great. And I think it's great leading into this weekend with some different competition and playing card if you want to play with that kind of pace and um, have those games kind of night in, night out. Lenny, uh, coming across from the States, um, you were in Fort Wayne for a couple of years. Coming to the bigger ice service as a D-man is, can be a bit of a, a um, transition period. I think, I really think you've settled in very, very quickly. How are you finding life in the in the, obviously in the UK and Belfast um, and on the European leagues? Yeah, no, everything's uh, everything's been good so far. Yeah, it's a bit it's a bit different coming from uh, North American size ice to uh, to Olympic size, but um, I think most defensemen will tell you as long as you stay inside the dots and uh, and keep guys to the outside, you're going to be okay. But but the nice thing about it too is that you have a bit more time. Uh, once you get the puck, so you can get the puck on your stick, look up, and once you get your feet moving, uh, it's a, it's a I wouldn't say it's easier to make plays, but there's probably a bit more plays to be available or or, or time to move maneuver around. Um, but yeah, but but coming here and living in Belfast has been great so far. Everyone's been super friendly, um, welcome you with open arms. I've really enjoyed it. We have a good group of guys in the room too, which. Uh, just tell you the good spots and the bad spots, and 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 not that I've really ever seen anything bad here. So it's been, it's been it's been good so far, and, I, and I've really enjoyed my time. And you know, when you when you if you compare the ECHL to the elite league, is there similarities? Obviously, the you know we get a lot of players coming from the ECHL, um, but is there is there is it is it that similar or is it a different game? No, I, I think hockey at the end of the day is it's very similar. I mean, it's a bit different. The travel is a bit different there. I mean. You're riding buses a lot more, depending on where you are. I mean, Fort Wayne was pretty central, so you were playing Kalamazoo, Toledo, and Cincinnati uh, ten times a year, which is only three hours on the bus. But 
if you're playing in say rapid city you have your closest game is eight hours away so you're you're pounding pavement night in and night out and it, it can be a bit of a grind and um but uh i think there's a i mean there's a bit of an age difference i think there's uh, there's a lot more uh younger kids there um or it's a bit younger i'd say and then and then the other thing is is that they only play with um three lines up front plus to play with 10 forwards so um it's a bit different in that sense and i mean when you're here it's you're you're here right you're not going up and down between the american league and uh or going down to the sphl it's you're kind of as long as you play well you, you know you're gonna be with that team for the rest of the year. Right. So you don't have as much movement and, and as many uh, faces changing around. Lenny, it's Joel here. Um, now I don't, I don't want to pump your tires straight off the bat, but I'd say you're probably one of my, my favorite guys around this year. You, whenever you see you around the rink or whatever, you've always got a, a big grin in your face. You always seem to have that a kind of good positive attitude about come, kind of coming to work every day. Um, and I think it makes a big difference. Whenever we do these interviews, I always like to look back at like uh, your, your career record, where you've been. Um, whenever you came out of RPI in the NCAA, I think you, you moved around something like six times within those following two seasons. Um, whenever uh, whenever that's happening, whenever you're being sent around or traded or sent up and sent down from the coast to the A, what's it like in real life? So many fans have only ever seen it on kind of records and stat sheets. What's the reality of that kind of life? Do you have any kind of stories or memories of, of kind of bouncing around, playing five games here, three games there? Yeah, so when I first, uh, so when I first came out of school, I finished my senior season at RPI. Um, and so that was the 14-15 season. So we, I think we finished up in uh, – we got beat out of playoffs by St. Lawrence that March. And then I went to Rochester. Uh, I was there for two weeks. I ended up uh, – got fortunate enough to play a game there. Actually, it was kind of a funny story. So what ended up happening was um, I was waiting to hear from Rochester. Uh, they didn't get back to me. So my agent at the time was like, well, uh, go to Reading because that's where I was going to go. I wanted to play some pro games when I got done. And fortunately, my uh, my volunteer assistant coach here before was the assistant in Reading, so he wanted me to come there, and I felt comfortable. He was a good guy and stuff. So I ended up driving uh, four hours to Reading from Albany in my uh, my old two thousand uh, Subaru Outback, <laughs> pack my bags, and head over there. So I get I get to I get to Reading, um, and I catch a bus that night for nine hours. So you get, I got there at like ten o'clock. And we ended up catching the sleeper bus that night from Reading to Brampton, which was a 11-hour bus. So got on the bus, slept on the floor from Reading to, to Brampton because they didn't have enough bunks, and I was like, well, I was a late pickup, right? So all the older guys get the bunks. I got, I had like a, but a yoga mat and a blanket and a pillow. Let's get there, we do like a morning skate to get the legs out, and then uh, end up. Uh, check in the hotel and then go go for dinner that night. And I got a call from uh, my agent that uh, Rochester was actually going to take me. So then I ended up going to Ro- <laughs> so I ended up going to Rochester and I played a game there. And then I ended up uh, um, they had some more guys come in from college that they wanted to check out. So end of the day, I got uh, I went back to Reading. I, I I was there for playoffs with them. Um, so then the following year, I uh, I went back to I. I signed with Reading to start the season. And I mean, coming out of college, like you don't really know what's, I mean, you, you think you kind of know what's kind of going on in pro hockey and stuff. And, yeah. But you, but you're really, you're really kind of blind to it. And so I went in there and um, Reading had actually had a really good team. They had, I think 
like six guys on American League and NHL contracts. So I was uh, I was just on a one way uh, coast deal. So I kind of got the, and then their their coast contracts were veteran guys. So I got I got pushed out of Reading. Um, and I mean, I didn't, I didn't have the, probably the, I needed to come in and have a really good start. And I, I kind of was tiptoeing in, I was a little nervous and stuff. So I think I had maybe like three games there and I got, uh, and then I got traded to Fort Wayne. Um, and I, I mean, it, and when you, when you get, I've, ne- I've never been traded before, which was kind of, it was a little bit of an eye opener for me, but I that's just like an overnight writing. pack your bags, get out of here, kid kind of job. Yeah, I kind of saw the writing on the wall because they had another NHL contract it's, or a guy in an entry level get sent down. I'm like, well, if you look at the numbers here, I'm I'm the odd man out right now. I'm like, your stomach kind of sinks a little bit. You're like, oh, like I didn't think it was going to be like this. I thought I was going to come in here because I played pretty well at the, at the end of the season the year before that. And I thought I was going to have success again. And you're like, wow, mm-hmm. well, geez, maybe not. And so I got traded to Fort Wayne. Um and uh, I got there, and I, I played. I played really well. They played the same kind of system we did at school, and um, same kind of thing happened. They had they had a bunch of a bunch of contracts and and, and, and veteran guys there, and they had a. I think both those teams went really far that year in playoffs, and I was like, "Oh, geez, Louise!" And I got, and then I got traded to. And I played well, and I was like, "Oh man!" And I got traded to Evansville. I'm like, "Oh man, maybe I'm not as good as hockey as I think I am." What's going on here? And then I got traded to Evansville. Uh, and it was actually probably the best thing for me because they, uh, they, they were, they were a middle kind of lower pack team, but I got yeah. to go there. I got to play like top four minutes and kind of got my confidence back and, and was, uh, was playing lots. And I mean, hockey's a weird game when you have confidence, everything's going your way and you, you feel great. And when, when you're tentative and you don't have it, it's a, you're t- 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 it's a whole different ball game. So anyways, I got to go there and, and finally I was like, okay, maybe, Things aren't as bad as I was, what I thought. Um, unfortunately, Fort Wayne wanted me back the following year, and I, I really enjoyed it there. And I they had a good group of guys, and uh, I know that they trade me, but I don't. It was kind of a numbers thing, so I went back there, and I was there the last two years, and, and I really enjoyed my time. The, the Frankies are the owners there, and, and they treat people with, uh, they want the way they want to be treated, and, and it's a well-ran organization. So, um, so yeah, there's there's ups and downs, and you're kind of you question yourself yeah. a little bit, but. At, but that was just my first year, and then after that, I would kind of settled in the two years after that, and everything was a bit better. Lenny, it's Davey. Um, we'll bring you back to Belfast, and uh, this season you've obviously been paired up most of the time with first-year pro Josh Roach and stay-at-home D-man like yourself. Let's let's put Josh Roach in the D-man stroke winger category. You know, your job's just, your job's just to let Roti do his things. Forty odd points. You sit back and mind the shop. Has that been a lot of fun to play with him? Yeah, it has been a lot of fun. We like, we started the year off together, and I, I thought we had a really good connection. And then uh, we came in. I think uh, what happened? Um, I think they switched him with, uh, put him with Kendall for a little bit, and I was playing, kind of bouncing around. And then um, Rain, I went with Rainer. And then back with Rochi, but it's it's been good. I, I I really enjoy playing with him. It's um you know he's gonna take off up the ice and, and and try and make plays. And as long as I'm there to support the puck and um suck get when he gives me the puck, bring bring players to me so I can create space for him and give it back to him and um give him lots of time and space for the puck and he can go dance and run around and do whatever he needs to do and I'll I'll settle it down back there. But it's been a lot of fun. I mean the last. Last year, I played with a similar player to him, uh, a guy named Bobby Shea, uh, and it was the same thing. Guys like that, you just want to 
you want to be there and support them and, and always be an option for them. And uh, when you get the puck, you want to, you want to bring as many players as you can to them and, and give them as much time and space as they can when they want it. And it's a lot of fun and it's, it's easy. He's a good guy. And he taught, we talk a lot on the ice. And um, when you find a, when your partner that you really like playing with, it's, it, it makes stuff a lot easier. And it was the same thing with Rainer too. It was, it, I mean, he, Rainer's not as offensive, but he was a lot of fun to play with too. He talks a lot on the ice, he plays hard. Um, you know, he know what he wants out of you. So, they're both been they're both really good partners and talk about another few guys in team you know you're you're four or five years out of, out of college now and but always learning about the game you get the opportunity to come to Belfast and play with guys like Jim Vandermeer Paddy Dwyer guys who between them literally 1500 2000 games you know of pro hockey experience it must be a great learning curve to go to the rink every day and learn off these guys too yeah so I mean it's it's great and and the best thing about them is that they're really approachable guys and um they're willing to share any information or if you have questions they always want to help you so it's been good in that aspect but i mean you can always learn when you're playing and, and every guy's like even even roshi teaches like he may not be a savvy vet like these guys but he teaches me things too and everyone has their little knacks and, and little things that you pick up on so um i mean those guys have a bit more and, and, and probably seen a lot more and learned uh have a bit more uh, experience and, and a fountain of knowledge, but at the end of the day, you can always kind of watch guys and see what they're doing and, and, and pick up on things. We put the questions out as we always do on Twitter, and let's see what the uh, what the is the fan agenda after all, and ask what the fans want to ask you. Um, there's a few here I'm not going to put you on the spot with, such as how firm was Tom Barrasso's handshake. I'm not going to ask you that. One. <laughs> Jim Bell. Um, we, there was an odd sort of exchange over who you look like the most, whether it's Jim Vandermeer, Lewis Hook, or Daryl Lloyd. I'm not going to go through that. What I am going to ask the Lloydy thing. The Lloydy yeah. thing is real. <laughs> I don't the, even know what Daryl. I played against him when he was in Wheeling. I don't know what he looks like though. Well, we'll, 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 we'll do some sort of comparison. We'll stick it up with Sanity. Uh, Hopefully, he's a good-looking guy. <laughs> uh, obviously, obviously. Uh, we'll, we'll throw up the uh, the one here that comes from uh, at Pinky Pinky Nick, who says with having the a on your jersey this year what additional support do you think you bring to the locker room i mean i think kind of joel touched on i i mean um i wouldn't say I'm as much of a vocal leader i I'm, I'm still a bit of a younger guy compared to the some of the older guys we have in the room i i think i just kind of come in and try and have a good attitude every day and um be positive uh work hard on the ice and um and, and just smile and bring bring lots of, bring lots of energy i mean at the end of the day um it's uh it's about having fun and 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 bring energy to the room, and I think uh, it helps a lot. We've got a couple of similar ones here, one from Amy and, and the one from Patrick Walsh that asks more or less the same question uh, about preparing yourself for each game across a lengthy season. Um, do you have pregame rituals or anything like that? Uh, no, I don't have anything too crazy. I just uh, I play two-touch with well, – I mean, we have a big two-touch group, to be honest. So I, I play a little two-touch before the game. Um, I take a – two-hour nap for the game usually drink lots of water nothing nothing too crazy uh we got well uh, let's see andrew palmer um who's the best player you've ever played with best player i've ever played with um uh well i mean <laughs> you look at our roster we have a pretty good group of guys with vandermeer and dwyer um 
you, you do realise if you don't say Darcy Murphy, he's never <laughs> going to talk to you again. Uh, I wouldn't say he's, I wouldn't. I wouldn't give him the. I wouldn't give him that category yet. Uh, <laughs> he's one of our best players this year. I wouldn't say the best ever. Uh, I played. I played with uh, um, a guy named uh, Ryan Haggerty, who's done well in the American League. He was, he, he had. 30 goals one year and then when we were in college he was a really good player mike zaleski uh he plays in the del he had a cup of coffee in the nhl um i mean i played against some good players too i mean in college i played against eichel uh i played against skinner growing up say again growing up um but i mean if, if you're going off uh off nhl experience and stuff by far you have jim vandermeer and, and pat dwyer lenny um one of the bigger guys in the team, you know, six foot plus, 200 pounds plus, and uh, leading the team in fighting majors. Is that something that, you know, Belfast will love to get a win, will love to get two points, but will love to see one of the opposition on their backside more than anything, I think. And, uh, you know, this for you, career year and, and, and numbers of times you've had to drop a glove. Is that just something spontaneous? If it happens, it happens, or something there that you, you know, you're quite looking for from time to time? No, I'm, I'm not really going to look for it, to be honest. I just, uh, I mean, with the case with Furland, I mean, he kind of was a bit of a cheap hit, and um, then I kind of I forget what happened in, against Manchester. I think he kind of was jumped me from behind, and like my wires just kind of got crossed a little bit, and <laughs> started seeing red, started seeing red a little bit. But I mean, I, I, I mean, um, I think it's it, it's a bit it's been part like where I played last year was those. Um, part of our identity to play tough and I, and I like to play tough and um, I mean if things happen I guess they happen but it's not uh, it's not something I'm going out there and looking for and um, but uh, I'm here to if something happens to my teammates I want to stick up for them and, um, and every once in a while my wires cross and I just get mad and things happen but um, for the most part I'm just trying to go out there and play the game and um, and, and have fun. And I see you here right up at the top of the the block and shots tables here, you know, as well. This team of Adam Keefe. Adam Keefe, well-renowned, he'd, he'd block a shot with his face for this team and, and sometimes did. And, you know, over th- nearly 350 blocks this team has already this season. It's a, you know, that's, that is buy-in from the guys. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's important to block shots. It's, I mean, we have Basco back there, who's, who's a great goalie, but um, at the end of the day, when you can help him and um, get in shooting lanes and, and make it tougher on teams, it, it helps, and when you see a guy block a shot on the bench, you know he's sacrificing for you. And you're like, "Well, I, I gotta step up, and I gotta, I gotta contribute too." And um, and and, and you know it hurts. It's it, it's not the funnest thing blocking shots and um, getting in the way of them. But when you see someone on your team do it, you know that they care and they want to win. And I think it kind of inspires guys, and, and it's it's contagious. Danny, we're gonna do a few. We're gonna finish it off with a few quick fire questions. All right. Now, these are just off yeah. the cuff. These are, these have been put together by my 14-year-old daughter. Um, okay. You're, you're a favorite player this year. Some of them I had to take out, um, but uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll carry it on. Um, favorite off-ice activity? Favorite off-ice activity? Uh, fishing. Monica, Rachel, or Phoebe? <laughs> Rachel. What's your dream job? Dream job. Uh, GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Another good shout. Um, who's the funniest guy in the room this year? 
funniest guy in the room. Not, uh, not the funniest to look at. The funniest, funniest guy. That's, writ- that's written down here, actually. Uh, Jonathan Boxel is uh, is a sneaky funny guy, and he cracks me up. He's uh, he's quiet about it the way he goes about it, but he, he he cracks me up. The last book you read? The last book I read. Uh, what was the last book? I think it was Bobby Orr's uh, biography. What TV family would you like to be a member of? Good question. Well played, Jasmine Kitchen. As- is there options off this, or is it just sure, my <laughs> choice? My choice. Uh, what family would I like to be a part of? Oh, geez, Louise. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I guess we did say it's a quick fire question. Like, yeah, modern, <laughs> modern, modern. I guess the modern family. Family. I don't know. It's, it's stuck in my head. I can't think of anything else. I'm blanking. Who's the biggest nerd in the dressing room? Dustin Johnner. (laughs) (laughs) And what's your best feature? This is a Jasmine question again. Best feature? Uh, My smile. Gotta be the smile, boys. Gotta be the smile. (laughs) There, there, Crushed it. Crushed it. There's There's one more. There's one more, but we we need video evidence. Can you do the floss? I mean, I am pretty, I am pretty uh, skinny and limber, but I, I think my floss isn't that smooth. I, I, I doubt it. I'd have to practice a couple times in the mirror before I could do it. I'm sure I could get it down, but I'd have to look myself in the mirror a few times. Right, says so you need to be video. And we need video evidence of this. We'll do, that in, we'll do it in Sunday night after you when they see you this weekend. Uh, Brilliant. Yeah, maybe if you see me cutting tile somewhere on the dance floor. <laughs> Lenny, listen, thank you very much for your time for answering questions. Thanks to everybody out there for firing your questions. Thank, thanks to uh, Jasmine Kitchen for the quick fire round. That was a, a new and fabulous element. But listen, a big, a tough weekend, three and three this weekend in the Continental Cup, but a trophy is there at the end of it. Very good luck, and uh, we'll see you soon. Yeah, thanks a lot, fellas. Appreciate it. And uh, we'll uh, talk to you guys later. Hi there, this is Kevin Rain, number 22 of the Belfast Giants, and you're listening to A View from the Bridge. Thanks again to Lenny. Quick comment here. Player of the Month was Blair Riley for the month of December. I have to go straight to Joel on this. Uh, you know, I kept my cards quite tight to me. You did, yeah, absolutely. Didn't want to show any favoritism. Obviously, uh, the the interests of the club are, are at heart for me. You know, it's not one guy over the rest, but I'm I'm quite pleased for Blair. You know, I think he's worked hard this year, and and you know, he deserves a little bit of a nod. That's uh, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> uh, Davy, both you and Sis were agreement that should have been, or your vote went to Darcy Murphy, but. It went to Blair Riley. The people have spoken, and given the weekend he's had as well, it, it, it's hard pushed to say you know it, it isn't deserving in one form or another. Well, you're talking about games in January. Oh, um, here he goes. Here he know, goes. And, and people have put <laughs> it on statistically. And, and you October are and November, you know. So Darcy Murphy was outstanding. Look, I'm, I'm delighted for Blair Riley. I'm delighted for all the guys because it means they're you know they've, they've had a good month and good month for your top players means your club's doing well. So you know. Congratulations to Blair Riley. Congratulations to all the nominations. They've all been. They've all had really good months. Darcy Murphy had a phenomenal month statistically and uh, and on the ice. So uh, you know, you never know. It's an, another few weeks. There will be another vote. Absolutely, Simon. Um. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
you can't take it away from that. The captain was brilliant as well. Yeah. But again, but when you're scoring 11 goals in 10 games um, for Wee Darcy, uh, and you know, I actually pointed out the Ryan's when I interviewed him on, I think it was Sunday night. Um, obviously, congratulations when the ABFTV Player of the Month. He says, he says I'm raging that month last year. Mm. There you go. So that's, you know, the, the guys are having a bit of banter in the room, which is always good. Uh, Besco didn't want the hand over. He, normally, the guys leave the trophy in the room. Besco took it home with him. So, um, you know, <laughs> yes. sitting in his house for, for two months. And um, I know he's had the hand over to Ryan's. So, yeah, congratulations to the captain. Um, Thoroughly deserved, and we uh, Darcy have a go at it this month because he's off to a good start again. Yeah, absolutely. Congratulations to Blair Riley, and thanks to Phonacab once again for sponsoring the absolutely. Player of the Month award. Right around the league, boys, tops. No, there's nothing, nothing for tops. I'm not even going to bother. Um, personnel changes. Um, Chris Stewart. Nottingham Panthers, we, you guys spoke about Tiverton leaving the Panthers last week, and after that was recorded, they announced that Chris Stewart would be joining them, because Chris Stewart played for the Avalanche, the Blues, the Sabres, the Wild, the Ducks, and the Calgary Flames. He actually played for the Calgary Flames last season. He did do a single game for the Hamilton Steelhawks uh, this season, but he comes in to the Nottingham Panthers to play for the same team that his brother Anthony played for during the lockout season. A fellow with, well, I think he now becomes what, 652 NHL games, becomes the most experienced NHLer in the Elite League. It didn't start off too well for him, however, back-to-back defeats, a 6-2 home defeat to the Five Flyers, and then lost on the road to the Manchester Storm. But Simon, a guy like that with the experience like that coming into the Panthers, they seem the Panthers seem to go on this sort of cycle where they maybe start the season well, they fall apart, and then to try to get their season back on track, they throw cash at an NHLer. Yeah, well, I mean, when you could say last week, everybody's going. John O'Bullard near had a um, coronary, and, uh, and then all of a sudden they didn't win the next game, and he's you know depressed as as ever before. But you know. I think he'll be all right for them. You know, he came in and uh, he didn't get the result at the weekend, obviously, that they wanted um, uh, in his first game. And then you've got, you know, they had Cam, and, or Cam uh, Janssen a couple of years ago. They had um, Brian McGratton. You know, I think that's what a, I think it's more a bums on seat type of thing. I think that's what they're looking for to try and bring him. I don't think he's going to come in and light the league up. Uh, I don't think he's going to end up a top point scorer um, over the next four months. Uh, but again, I really don't care. Does anybody care, Davy? Nope. Joel, I, I'm, I'm interested to see how this plays out uh, because, I mean, on paper and in Davy's world of, of numbers and, and stats, he obviously looks like an absolute monster pickup. But there's this unknown element that seems to be talked about in hushed circles around the league, um, you know, about his, uh, let's say, temperament and tendency to just disappear mm-hmm. you know he hasn't uh, shown he's, he's gone like, a wall a couple of times hasn't he he has yeah i mean and, and, and last year he obviously um he played for the the flames after leaving minnesota i think uh mm-hmm. didn't work out for him there he was picked up as an unrestricted free agent by slovin bratislava in khl on, on a one year and then uh the, the the press release when it was translated said it was, wasn't honored due to serious family problems and if you dig a little deeper khl fans and, and people around that kind of part of the hockey world didn't buy it for a second um and and apparently, you know, going off uh, a few different articles from like Complete Hockey News on 
Facebook and whatever else. It's not the first time that he's shown these tendencies. And it's an old argument for me. You know, we've been blessed with Jim Vandermeer and Patrick Dwyer this year, guys who are willing to roll up the sleeves and, and, and do the thing and, and just still love playing their game. But we have also seen so many NHLers come through this league who, you know, whenever you've made millions playing at the highest league in the world for as long as that, how do you motivate yourself to care enough about joining, you know, the, the elite ice hockey league midway through the season? Uh, you know, I, on paper, phenomenal signing, but there are so many other sort of factors that could play into this. Um, and, and it is also a huge wad of cash to throw at a fairly speculative sort of uh, mounting a speculative league campaign at this stage in the season. It's a really interesting one for me. I'm, I'm looking to seeing how it goes. It could either be electric or it could be a disaster. Well, level of quality of the guy, I think, is there. You know, he's a former Team Canada player at the World Champs. He's a he's an experienced NHLer. It's it's motivation and drive to play for the Nottingham. Panthers. It's a team that his brother played for, you know, in the as I said in the lockout season. Does he have the drive to, to, to light it up? Because certainly the the ability must be there. I guess we'll see. Nottingham currently land third in the table. One other point from the from notable results uh, across the uh, across the eight league is it comes from the Glasgow clan who hammered Dundee nine two at home, only to go on the road to Coventry and despite leading, despite leading by three goals and less than three minutes to go, Coventry came back and won on the shootout. Davy, we've seen this happen a few times in the league just this season. What's that? The team's coming back in the dying minutes. It happened to Dundee. I think it happened to Coventry as well. The dying minutes of the games where people where teams have just switched off. And, uh, and it's happened so to the clan this week. Feekman, Feekman's last match for Coventry, yeah, wasn't it? it was um, indeed. He sort of got turned, the turned, uh, what is it to say, snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. Um, it happens, it has happened a few times. And, you know, but to be fair to him, Pete Russell came out and was very, uh, very professional in his uh, post match interview, which he did with the uh, Coventry Blades um, <laughs> media team, just to say that, um, you know, they the switched off. That then you've got to play for 60 minutes in this league or you, or you get punished. And, Effectively, that's what happened to him the, 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 the night before against Dundee. I watched that Dundee. Who were the playing? Says Dundee um, Guildford during the week. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh my goodness! I know why I don't watch much hockey from the other teams around this league. It was a grim example. I was talking to Pash about it. You know how that game wasn't ten each. I do not know. It was Milton uh, Keynes. Sorry, David, not Guildford. Milton, Milton Keynes. Yes, sorry. Um, watching the other night, chatting the says about it at the same time, and you know Dundee have such ability and some really good players and some nights they can just absolutely stink a barn out for some reason. You the, you look at that team that, that come and turn us over and then during the week can't can't put a shot on goal. You know, it's 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 crazy to me and, and you know I haven't seen that I haven't seen the highlights of the the clan stars game but they're just a real enigma of a team. You just do not know what you're going to get out of them on any given night and you know comedy obviously big win and then have the, have the game the next night against the clan. So some funny results around the league, but um, the league's starting to, you know, the games are all evening up to where teams have roughly played the same amount of games come towards the end of January. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's not a great situation to be in either, but uh, the league's starting to, to take shape as to where the battles are going to be at the, the top, middle and bottom, as uh, 
Barrymore would say. <laughs> Simon, you're you know you're 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 an experienced guy when it comes to playing these sort of games, and, and when the momentum shifts for a team like Coventry, and you know the clan, I said you can go to the Sheffield Steelers game against Dundee a couple of, was it last month, month before. You can go to the game that Davy just mentioned that Coventry threw away in in, in the diamonds as well. But in the, like in this game, two and a half minutes to go, three goals down. When when the momentum shifts in such a big way, how difficult is it from a defensive point of view to try to to stem that? You can look at it from, from you can look at it from the way you've tried to describe it there now. But you know when when somebody's on the attack, and like say Coventry, they're they're, they're did they pull their goalie? I, I didn't see it. Um, you know, they, they I made think they did in the, in the final bit. You know, and going for it. When you score a goal, your, your tails are up. Um, you know, Davies touched on there. Uh, you know, Dundee either play well or, or stink the bar night. When they come into the SSA arena, you know, players love playing in good arenas. Mm-hmm. Players love getting on and looking around them. There's five and a half, six thousand players or fans, sorry, um, watching the pay, try paying to watch you play a sport. And that, that gets people up for it. And that, they come into us. We, you're talking about switching off. We went 2-0 up against Dundee. We switched off. That's exactly what happened. We didn't we did not perform after going 2-0 up. Uh, you know, you talk about that game last week, Davey, with Dundee and, and Milton Keynes. It was dire. It was absolutely mm-hmm. dire. Um, and then obviously the one to week game of Coventry coming down. Glasgow feeling that they're on top of the world. They've scored 14 goals over the weekend. Um, and only end up with two points. That's just, you know, it's incredible. Like, um, you know, they, they they should have basically seen that game out. They should have been professional, but they weren't. And, and as Peter Russell's already said, they, they just switched off. You can't switch off in this league. It's it, And, Paddy, it's going to happen again before the end of the season. It's going to happen again. Just the sort of league we're in, I guess. Let's have a look at the league table before we look ahead to this weekend for the Belfast Giants. The Cardiff Devils sit top, 34 games played, 54 points. Hot on their heels with one more game played, our, our very own Belfast Giants, 35 games played, 53. The Nottingham Panthers have played four games more than us and five games more than Cardiff, and they sit Five points behind us on 48 points. Five Flyers sit in fourth. 34 played, 40 points. Then you have Glasgow, Guildford, Sheffield, Coventry, Dundee in that order. And the bottom two teams are the Manchester Storm, 35 played, 31 points. And the MK Lightning, 36 played, 25 points. Let's look ahead, boys. It's a big weekend for the Belfast Giants and there is silverware up for grabs. We've seen the Belfast Giants tweet out just today that that Continental Cup dinner plate whatever you want to call it is, uh, has arrived at the SSC Arena and there are four teams going up for it. One team from our, from our very own Belfast. We've also got a team from Belarus, Poland and Kazakhstan. First up for the Giants, it's Gomo from Belarus on Friday night. Then they reacquaint themselves with GKS Katowice on Saturday, of course, Katowice defeating the Belfast Giants in the final game of the semi-final stage at the SSC Arena. So the Giants out for revenge on Saturday night, and then on Sunday, Arla. I'm going to, uh, Saturday, Sunday night, seven p.m. The final game, Arlan. Go on, says you're gonna have to do it. No, go ahead. <laughs> Knock yourself out. Cut. Beep beep beep. Cut. <laughs> <Cock, shut> <laughs> 
That sounds better than what I was going to say. So, oh, yeah. fair, 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 fair enough. They'll, they'll be called Arlan. Arlan. Let's say Sunday night, 7 p.m. Arlan. Of course, there are uh, six games on the weekend. There are, is it 3 p.m. those early games for yourself, says? Friday and Saturday is three and seven. Sunday it's one and five. Okay, there you go. One and five on Sunday. Uh, I'll start with you, Simon. You know, it's uh, you had four games last weekend. You've got a big six games this weekend. But for the Belfast Giants, ultimately three and three nights, which we haven't done well with this season, unfortunately. But ultimately, it's silverware at the end of this one. Yeah, I think this is a. Um, I think the guys will approach it slightly different. You know, you're playing three and three in the Challenge Cup, whatever it may be. Uh, yes, you you, you want to do well, and um, you know we've got a full bench. Uh, the only guy that's going to miss out this weekend potentially is, and not potentially he still picked up injury is Chelina. Uh, so we've got a full squad to choose from. Uh, you can play um, if you have twenty imports. You can play twenty imports. If Higgy, I mean Higgy's looked good in training. Uh, I've seen him today. I've seen him skating on. On um, Sunday morning, uh, you know, so he, he he doesn't look as if he's missed a beat. Uh, I take into consideration he was, he was skating himself on Sunday with a couple of of, uh, of Adams and, and uh, Shane Johnson, but the today he's he seen him skating today. He looks great. He really does look great. Uh, I think the big thing for for Higgy's going to be getting his lungs. Um, you know, Shed's talked about it. Uh, after the game on on Saturday night, you know he he started out three or four, you know tough shifts. Um, but he, you know he, it, it's getting your breath. It sounds weird, you know these athletes that are that are skating, you know you're you're busting your balls for for forty seconds. It doesn't sound like much. Believe you me, you know you're out there and you're getting, you know you're getting hammered up against the wall or you're getting battling in the corner. And I've talked about it in numerous occasions in the, in on the webcast. You know you're you're working your tail off to try and get the puck out of a corner. It zaps your energy. It completely zaps you. Um, and, and Shed says, yeah, you know, I, I really did try and find my, try and get my breathing all put together. He, he came out and Sunday, Sunday he played more. Um, and uh, I'm hoping that uh, Higgy can really get uh, hit the ground running. If we can get off to a good start, the most important game is the first one. Um, you know, we need to be winning the game against Gomel on, uh, on Friday night. That's a big, big game. And hopefully we get the crowds coming out for it. Hope that the crowds support the the earlier face-offs as well, if they possibly can. I know the pricing for the tickets is very reasonable, um, and I know that uh, Dave Lawrence put a package together for the webcasts as well. So hopefully um, we can get that first win uh, on Friday night, and then push on for the rest of the weekend. Davey, it's a it's, it's, you know, it's a big weekend when you got these international teams coming in, but. You know, I can't. I can't help just but keep thinking about the fact that this is this is a trophy up for grabs. It's a massive opportunity for the guys, and they'll know they'll they'll not go more than one game at a time, obviously. But you know, they'll they'll, they'll be trying to work out how best to manage their bodies and manage rest and eating and and playing over the three days. To you know, but as, as Simon has said, the first game. You don't win it, you know. The weekend is basically over, so you, you know you've got to put a lot into every game, and it's just one of those parties. It's, it's it's exciting to be involved in um, the opportunity to win three games and win a trophy. It's it's a it's a mini playoff weekend, if you like, or maybe even not not quite a mini more 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 games than you would have in the playoff weekend. But you know, an opportunity on home ice against some quality opposition. We know what Katowice are. We know what the the uh, the Polish team are like, and uh, you know. 
to to the Belarusians and the and the Kazakhstans as well are going to be very very good opposition and you know the the, the person I feel the most sorry for is Simon Kitchen that they have to learn you know names of sort of for for a very difficult uh, opposition player but um, I I feel sorry for the listeners <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a ball buster but um, look, I'll do my best I'll, I'll genuinely do it. how how yeah, big a so factor is how big a factor is home ice in this sort of thing massive. You know, you, you, I know Katowice are going to bring more fans time. Um, uh, whether I, I have no idea if there's going to be any from Belarus or uh, Kazakhstan, I have no idea. Right? Now. I'd be, I'd be surprised if there's not a few at least. Uh, but you get, you mean again when you're, you know, we'll, we'll talk, Adam, Adam talks about it quite a lot. You know, the fan support and and yes, you know, sometimes that's it's taken as uh, you know they just want to put bombs on seats. That's not the case. We need to make this place live uh, at the weekend. It, it genuinely helps the players. It lifts guys up. Even if you go down, uh, you know, it's basically try and get as low as possible. Unless you're getting try our trunk five, six, seven, nil, uh, you know, just let's conserve the energy for the next game or, or think about, you know, moving forward until the following weekend. But um, we're going to be in this. I honestly feel that we've got a real big chance here uh, for, I mean, Rags talked about it uh, this morning when I interviewed him. You know, they, they've seen Nottingham Panthers win this trophy and the boys want it. And in training this morning, it was very relaxed. Uh, they were going full tongs, like, you know, but uh, even the shootout at the end of it, uh, at the end of the practice, you know, the boys were all up for it. They were you know, laughing and joking. Um, but they know that this is serious this weekend and they know they're all going to be up for it. Those games, 7pm on Friday and Saturday, 5pm on Sunday against Gummel, Katowice and Arlan, as we're going to call them. There are the earlier games that face off 3pm on both Friday and Saturday and 1pm on Sunday. Get out there. Get yourself down to the SSE Arena. This is an international final that has taken place in our very own city. This is a trophy up for grabs for the Belfast Giants. This is a place in the Champions Hockey League next season for the Belfast Giants, should they take it. It's taken place on home ice. It doesn't take place in the UK very often. In fact, I can't remember the last time it took place with regards to the final on UK ice. So the Belfast Giants are honoured to be able to host this, but we have to make home advantage count. We have to make that place go absolutely ballistic and we have to bring that trophy home. Your seat in that your seat in that arena is I was gonna say it's just as important as those skates on the ice. It's not as important, let's be fair, but it's a bit you know a bit, bit of hyperbole. But your voice is needed in that arena. So get yourself down to the SSE arena for those games and if you can't then you can catch says and uh, a various host of other people on Belfast Giants TV who will cover it all six games across the weekend. Um, I was going to put this on any other business. I'm going to go straight to you with it, Joel. Um, this weekend also saw, last weekend also saw what was a fantastic two games between Northeastern and Clarkson in the NCAA Friendship Series. Phenomenal experience. Really, really enjoyed it. Um, first of all, I was I was really heartened to see the crowd that showed up for it. You know, it's a, a tough ask to to put on four games in a weekend like that. Um, you know, you, you, there's the fear that that you maybe won't get the same crowd in the afternoon. Um, they segregated the bowl the same way as they did for the World Police and Fire Games, so that one side of the arena was completely full, and, and it was fantastic. You know, you could tell people were really enjoying the change in pace and, and the different type of game. Uh, I was walking into the arena on Sunday, and, and I bumped in 
into Debbie Donnelly, great long term, I think since day one, Giants fan. And uh, she was saying, you know, it was fantastic to watch the dynamic shift whenever you actually remove the testosterone from ice hockey. You know, it's a different style. It's it's sort of a, a more tactical game. It's, it's sort of puck first. There's not the same level of aggression. Um, I just absolutely loved it. And a couple of spectacular games, you know, um, Northeastern scoring three goals within a minute to pull themselves level on the first day and then coming back on the second day and, and, and taking the win. Um, just a, another fantastic advert for the facilities and, and the passion that the, the Belfast Giants ownership and the Odyssey Trust has um, for, for ice hockey here and how it's for everyone. Just just absolutely loved it. Uh, some great reports on Kingdom of Giants, one of which was liked by Florence Schelling. Hey, hey. Um, big fan, <laughs> big fan. Says you were calling them, you, you were calling them up, up in the booth and uh, two great games. Yeah, again, Joel touched on. I mean, the first game in the three goal thirty six seconds was excellent. Uh, there's some really talented uh, girls in, there, in both those teams. There's there's a kid. Uh, you talk about Florence uh, Swiss Swiss international was at five Olympics. I think she played in. Um, you know, this kid uh, uh, Mueller, um, Alina Mueller. She played. She's nineteen. She's already playing two Olympics. She played when she was fifteen. She played there just last day, tail end of last year. So our last last February, sorry. And uh, you know this kid's unbelievable. It's just genuinely very very talented. She's a really good skater. Um, she was head for me. She was head and shoulders above everybody else on the ice. Um, but and then you've got a couple of kids from from Clarkson um, who are again you know they they know where the net is. And there was one there was one kid, uh, Joson uh, Possibon, number twenty eight for Clarkson. Um, Joel touched on there. It's not as aggressive. It's, it is non-contact. You know they're allowed to hold them up against the wall, and you're allowed to block their their uh, their their moving forward. But um, you know it is non-contact. Um, but you know somebody needs to tell her it's non-contact. She was brilliant. <laughs> she was absolutely brilliant. She nailed some kid in the wall, um, and then right at the end of the uh, the second game, they're trying to push for it. She took a stupid penalty in it, like right against the away team bench. She just floored her. Um, at Cassidy Anderson, just put it in her ass. Uh, I thought she was brilliant, but um, overall, yeah, another fantastic event held by uh, the SSA Arena, Belfast Giants, Odyssey Trust. Talked to Steve Hagwell and, and Joe Bertani, who did comms with me at the, in the third period of each game. Uh, and you know, they're, they're going to try and do their best to bring it back again. They were very impressed that both teams went away loving uh, the experience that they've had, and if that's the case. Believe you me, we're going to get calls to hold it again. I tell you, between Steve, I said this before, but Steve Hagwell and Joe Bertani, you may as well just buy houses in Belfast. <laughs> but yeah, another feather in the cap for the Belfast Giants, the Odyssey Trust, and the SSE Arena. What was an absolutely magnificent tournament, and the Clarkson Pep Band thrown in there as well. Always welcome in Belfast. You know, a, a fantastic little addition to it. Who stuck around to, to take part in the in the games, the Giants Sheffield games in the evening. But yeah, the, I, I really enjoyed watching the games and watching the games back and uh, and. Just sorry I wasn't able to be there to watch them, but I'm looking forward to getting home for these games in the Continental Cup this weekend. Um, any other business, anybody? I, I just want to say hello to um, we Lane uh, Regan, uh, and as I say, we're, he was the one who put the video out tonight there uh, to commentary. If you haven't seen it, I know the boys have t- retweeted it up from AVFTB. It's hilarious. Like um, mm-hmm. so, we're. But something in the night, some Neil White said has got something planned, um, and we're going to try and uh, maybe put something together to uh, do something a wee bit different. 
Yeah, I've, I've seen that. It's brilliant. We've just stuck it up on our review from the bridge Twitter as well. It's uh, yeah, N- nice to see. It. So, so I think your job's up for grabs there, sis. <laughs> you know what? Say he wants to step in this week. <laughs> just thinking, I'm just thinking exactly that. Anything else, boys? Um, if I could just uh, for one second uh, t- take it off of ice hockey, I've already managed to drop a baseball reference in tonight, so I might as well go for it. Um, long-time passionate Belfast Giants fan, Johnny the uh, Arctic Fox McCulloch. Um, in another life, he is a, a soccer football coach for Larne Tech Old Boys in, in the Northern Irish Amateur Football League. Um, they have made it to the last 16 of the Irish Cup um, on the weekend there. They beat championship side Limavati, um away. Um, absolutely monstrous achievement for for such a small club that's that's kind of got so much tradition back where I'm from in Lauren. So just a big congratulations to Johnny. He's a big Giants guy. His whole family are, and there's a real chance they might see the last eight. They've drawn another amateur team. So um, just a, one of those amazing kind of stories in the sport. Um, not ice hockey, but uh, an achievement nonetheless. If we're able to talk, where they where they play nice. Joel, I used to, when I played against them, whenever we were regularly beaten, uh, <laughs> yeah. when I played for Dundonley, used to play up on the top of the hill. That's right. Yeah, LTOB, up, in, up in, uh, on the edge of Antieville, the, the very there. friendly named, yep, the very friendly named Antieville in Larne, uh, the Dennis Harvey Park in Larne. It's, uh, it's our oh. Bernaboy. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. There's a, I was just, sorry, you just put that in my head. The, near where I work, I work near a place called Buckshaw, which is on the outskirts of Chorley. <laughs> and there's, there's an, they've got a big sign up at their football. It just reads the, the Buckshaw Bernabeu. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Play. Anyway, right. If that's the lot then, lads, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up there. Um, I don't need to advertise this weekend's games that much. It is the IHF Continental Cup final. It is Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Gummo, Katowice, and Arlan on 7pm, 7pm, and 5pm for your Belfast Giants. And if you can't get down there, why the hell not? A lot of us are flying home for it. We're looking forward to it. The uh, Get yourself down to the SSE Arena. And uh, on Saturday night, we'll catch you at a View from the Bridge live in McCool's. Big thanks to Curtis Leonard, Ran Martinelli, Adam Keefe and Blair Riley. Thanks to everybody for the interaction on Twitter with TFAs and what's. You can find us at, at AVFTB on Twitter, on Facebook. Just look for A View from the Bridge. And of course you can get all of our different articles and whatever previews and reviews and game reports. You can get all the, the post-game interviews, the photographs from William Cherry, all on Kingdom of the Giants. Dot com. Uh, David, Joel, Simon, thank you. Oh, no, hold on. I was just, you know what? Sorry, says. I was about to say thanks when I could just get you to do it. Thanks very much for turning up. <laughs> cheers, yeah. cheers, boys. Thanks very much, lads, and we'll, uh, we'll look forward to seeing you at the weekend. Goodbye. Cheers, guys. And wherever you are this weekend, we hope you're going to be with us at the SSC Arena for the Continental Cup. But if you're not, we hope you enjoy your hockey. And we'll catch you here next time on A View from the Bridge. Podcast Network.